it's like, like it's, it was a quote of his one day that I, it just stuck with me and I use it um, for myself and heaps of different things and you know one day he said the hardest part about going for a run is putting on your shoes and for me that just made so much sense because so many times I mean you can you can look at it that way and it's like um, actually physically going for a run the hardest part about doing it is like turning your head around and like getting out of bed and like getting to the point where your shoes are on and once, once you've convinced yourself to get your shoes on and get completely ready for your run you're already you're halfway there you know like now you've just got to go for the run which is which is fine and you're never going to regret going for that run um, but also like just in anything I do like the hardest part is convincing yourself to start so um, so for me like that's yeah that, that advice that little saying has been um, has been huge for me and just makes me um, instead of instead of lying around or sitting around and doubting and thinking about all the negative things that can happen you just got to start and just um, and yeah begin by begin by by doing and then it just kind of goes from there that was Art Green and this is Duggett the podcast Welcome to Duggett, episode number 47 with the legend Art Green and today's fact of the day, did you know according to psychological research your willpower is like a muscle, it's a finite resource that depletes with use, as a result by the end of your strenuous days your willpower muscles are exhausted and you're left to your naked and defenseless self with zero control to stop the nighttime munchies and time wasting and mindless social media scrolling and all the things that hold us back from our dreams aspirations and best self and um, I think it ties in so nicely with Art's message of just putting your shoes on and getting started that's 50% of the work but the other 50% is setting the environment up so that you can do that it is having the shoes close to your bed it's having accountability, meeting someone on your run, it's telling the world that you're going to do it, it's committing to a, a cause, investing time and money so that you're really motivated to do it, it's having an environment that's inspiring, that makes you want to run, it's all these things that make successful people so amazing and, um, and, and really set themselves up for success. It's uh, Benjamin Hardy in his new book, Willpower Doesn't Work, he talks about the very fact that willpower, uh, that comes from two causes. You don't know what you want and thus are internally conflicted, which is just a debilitating place to be. And you haven't committed to something and created conditions that facilitate that commitment. So it's, uh, it's like Michael Jordan once said, once he made a decision, he never thought about it again because to, to decide means to cut off and so you need to cut off all the things that are holding you back and put in all the things that are going to serve you and one of those is being around great people and art catching up with art was just uh, so inspiring it left me so energized and wanting to 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 run more to achieve more to create more world-changing businesses to do so many wonderful things if you don't know about art he was on the bachelor tv i don't actually watch tv but he was on it I didn't really see it on him, but I, I heard about it. And um, but I've met him a few times now, and he's just a legend of a guy. And he's got it's he, just so authentic in who he is and what he believes in. And he really just um, has a wonderful presence around him. 
and, and, and awareness as well. And most importantly, he shares and he cares. It's one thing that really stood out for me. Uh, I just see him popping up everywhere, supporting so many good causes. He even helped me with my digital detox day last month and just uh, no questions asked. He turned up on time. He, he, he just gave so much to the cause and, and it shows in everything he does and his businesses and the way he interacts with people on social media. Um, and I think that's why he's, he's so successful and likable. And I listened to a podcast the other day all about relationships and how powerful they are and the longevity of them to support our dreams and each other. And so I think it's just such an important thing to, to take note of and to know that it not just gives you business success, but it's a foundation to your health and happiness and longevity. It's really the secret to life and it's been proven scientifically. So yeah, it's so great to, to spend time with someone like Art who shares and cares and, and just really does it from a place of heart. And so I loved catching up with them. It was um, like many a kindred soul. We sat down at Orphan's Kitchen, so there's a bit of background noise uh, in the background. There's some kitchen action. Orphan's is a great place to go for some kuma fries. But that's what I was having during the conversation. But Art Green was on a five-day fast. And I'd actually just come off a fast. I'm fasting every Mondays at the moment. And um, a longer fast, a day and a half, first Monday of each month and then a three-day fast each quarter and Art had just done a five-day water fast which is pretty full-on and he did a post about all the benefits of that. I'll include some um, some links in the show notes with Dr. Rhonda Patrick and Dom D'Agostino on the benefits of fasting because it's, it's an amazing thing to do so it's a good one to publicly commit to. We also get stuck into Art's run club for his New York Marathon training for November which is a great one you can get involved in all his food businesses. He's got played up clean paleo and these new amazing um, fat rather than sugar-based paleo bliss balls, which I've just been waiting for to hit the market. So I'm so stoked he's he's brought those out and we'll share some to the listeners today. So if you enjoy the, the podcast or you just want to get your hands on some balls from art, then um, leave a review, a comment, a share. Just tag me, let me know that you're after the balls and you appreciate art's great work and we'll get some out to you. And um, yeah, fantastic conversation. Hope you dug it. And uh, without further ado, here is the myth, the man, the influencer, the entrepreneur, the legend, and faster, Art Green. Welcome, Art. Yeah, good to be here. So you're um, a social media influencer, entrepreneur. Is there anything else you like to dabble um, in? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I do wear quite a few hats. Uh, those are probably the main two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you're doing a, a, a five-day fast at the moment. Yeah. What, yeah, what so was I'm, the motivation behind that? I'm three days into a five-day fast, so you sitting there with your kuma fries is heartbreaking to watch <laughs> but um yeah i something i've actually wanted to do for quite a while um just for i've just been listening to a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of reading um i've been a, a faster for a few years just doing int, uh, intermittent fasting and also one and two day fasts 
Um, but I decided to give a five-day fast a go. Um, the main reasons that I wanted to give it a go were um, for the um, well, a few different benefits, one being to boost my immune system, another one being to um, have some sort of age um, benefits, age-defying uh, benefits. Um and another one is also autophagy, which is to do with cleaning up old and damaged cells in the body. And uh, and I figure that I figure that I'd give it a go and, and give it a go, um, you know, five five days. And so three days into it, um, I'm actually finding it okay. Yesterday was was a bit difficult. I got a bit hungry, but today's kind of smooth sailing. Have you thought about a ketone? Um device or the sticks or, or the blood test to... Yeah, I have actually, and I have been um, monitoring my ketones with a, like urine um, sticks, and uh, and so yeah, I've just been kind of monitoring that and going um, I can see that I'm in ketosis right now, and um, it's quite cool just watching that, but I also do know that those aren't that accurate, those little um, sort of litmus paper type mm. tests, so I think the ideal way to do it would be to um, get a little blood testing uh, machine, which I, I may look to do next time I do I do one just so I can track it a little bit more closely and accurately. But um, yeah, nice. And there's just some amazing research by Dom D Agostino, I think mm. his name is. He did a great podcast with Tim Ferriss on the benefits of it. But I wanted to, um, like Dan Sullivan has a an age that he. He decided to double his age, longevity. He, the average person lives to 78, and so I think he set the goal of 156. I know Peter Diamandis is 300 and something, or 500. And, wow. Um, but it changes your way of thinking. Have you got, like, an age in um, mind at all? No, I mean, not until having this combo right now have I actually ever, uh, ever thought about that. I, the only age-related goal I have is um, that I'd like to be able to run 5Ks when I'm 100. So that's more of a more of an indication of um, my physical health when I when I get older. I want to maintain my physical health, and um, and that being a, a little age-related goal that I have to do with that. But um, in terms of a number, yeah, I really don't know. Um, I'm really just. I think I'm just ha- going to be happy to live uh, as long as I can um, with a good quality of life, and so. I, I sort of live by this mentality which I picked up a few years ago probably about eight or so years ago that I wanted to create the healthiest body um, that I could for myself uh, to live in so that's why I try out all sorts of different things I like to continually learn um, about health and well-being and, and then experiment with my own body so that's yeah I mean that's why I'm doing this fast at the moment there's a, an amazing documentary I was watching Longevity Project and they had these Sardinians and Greek people and and they were riding their bikes home in their hundred and something and they're yeah. dancing in the squares and and a lot of them, uh, they, they just go to retirement homes to party and hang out yeah. and they're still in their hundreds and they go back home and and it was just, yeah, and the it's, way they lived and the family and the community and like you say, they still had their, their health and... 
It's interesting. Yeah, I've sort of looked a little bit into that as well. And I think there are a lot of, um, you know, people look at those populations because they are some of the longest living populations. And they, they think, oh, you know, it's, um, it comes down to their diet or they try and pick out different bits and pieces that it comes down to. But I think it's really a combination of just their, their lifestyle and um, in general, like a sum of a many different things. And I think, yes, their diet definitely plays a part. But I also think, like you mentioned, it's the way that they socialize, um, and you know they live um, they have a good relationship with their parents and I think many of their parents you know will uh, grandparents and parents live with the, the whole family and um, it's, it's yeah I think a lot of it is to do with their mental well-being that actually um, improves their health to the point where it lengthens their life yeah yeah that connection to our elders we kind of look at our elders as if they're a burden on society and they look at it as like just wisdom and something to cherish and I think flipping that would be totally fant- yeah, fantastic. We have a, yeah, I think we can definitely learn from a lot of like Eastern cultures, um, the way that they have their relationship with their elders. Um, yeah. Have you, I was going to ask what you had for breakfast but I think we already know the answer to that. Um, but you're working on quite a cool project with Movember, mm. speaking of running, that you're going to run the New York Marathon. Has that been a goal yeah. or, is, or, or where's this kind of come out um, from? It kind of came from nowhere. To be honest, I've never wanted to run a marathon. Um, I've always thought that, you know, I, uh, a lot of people run marathons because they, they want to prove to themselves that they can do it or they just want to tick that box. And uh, for me, that's never been a good enough reason for me. I've never really had a good enough reason to want to go out and put myself through that and do all the training and just run a long way on the road. I'm much more more motivated by um, doing like big trail runs and adventure races and things that um, force me to train in like cool places and I get to explore some of the country and um, all that sort of stuff really motivates me. So the reason I'm, I'm doing the New York Marathon was just I um, I got asked by Movember to to run it and um, and to raise a bunch of money for Movember and to try and get more people moving. Um, the kind of the goal with uh, me running this marathon is for, and, and the align, alignment with Movember is to kind of two, two aspects to it. One is to try and get more people moving. Um, so Movember is all about health and sp- uh, specifically men's health. And so one of the key ways to, I think, to uh, improve people's health and maintain people's health is through moving and being active. So by raising awareness for this aspect of Movember, the move aspect of Movember, trying to get people more active, moving more, um, is a great way to get people to improve their health. And then the other way is I'm going to be raising a bunch of money. You've got to raise like, it's around about 6K just um, for a charity to to run in the New York uh, Marathon. So I'm going to be raising 6K for... um, for Movember and that money's going to go towards research and into improving the mental health in New Zealand uh, for men and also women so yeah oh fantastic people can follow like you're running a run group with Lydia yeah O'Donnell. Lydia O'Donnell yeah yeah that's right so um, in uh, every Wednesday at the Auckland Domain 6pm we're taking a run club so we had our first one last week which was a huge success and we're back at it again today today's Wednesday so um, in a couple of hours I'll be getting out there put on my shoes and we'll be going for a run cool and people can join along it's an open absolutely yeah it's just w- everyone can come along it's free it's just to try and get people moving you know have a little active community of people that like to um, like to run or even if you don't like to run it's just quite cool to come along and 
challenge yourself and meet some cool people. And and where can people donate and find find out about your, um, your page? Great question. Um, in terms of donating, I think I don't know the exact uh, URL. Maybe oh, we can find it and put notes. in the links. Yeah, yeah. Um, there'll be a. I, I've got a Movember page which people can find and um, donate through there. Uh, and then for the Run Club, there's a Facebook page which we can link to as well for that. Mm, cool. And um, bit of a sidetrack. What, what kind of commission are the cats on, Brian and Christine? Are they? Yeah, the cats. I, I, I just just before I came and met you just now, I was reading. Um, I looked at the Herald Herald app, and there's a. I think it's it's Cat Day or something today. It's like International Cat Day. Anyway, so they were looking at New Zealand's most famous cats, and sure enough, on there is Brian and Christine. So they made the paper today, um, and uh, yeah, they're hilarious. So. Um, yeah, they've been uh, a good addition to the the green rice family. Oh, that's so great! I love some the, the the clip with the sheet you posted. I have to put that in the show notes link as well. Um, yeah, it they, was just gold. They they don't really care about us that much. Yeah. They don't no, I don't even notice that we're there most of the time. So yeah. it's quite funny. Um, one day I'd like to get a dog. <laughs> Hopefully, show us a bit more love. But um, at the moment, the cats are great. Yeah, and what? And when you did the the bachelor, what? Because you had done sports science and worked in Aussie and grew up on a farm and was passionate around paleo or like food and nutrition. But what what was your thinking behind that? Was it nothing to lose? What? Yeah. Like, was it quite strategic as well as? Um, yeah. So it was. Um, it's more a thing of, you know, I've kind of lived my life by just taking like making the most of opportunities when they come about and putting myself out there and um, and kind of pushing pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And, and that's where I think I've really progressed as a person is when I've pushed myself outside my comfort zone. But taking advantage of, and I'm, I kind of believe in signs. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of weird the way, the way that I actually uh, found out about The Bachelor was, we were we were interviewing I, I was living in a big flat with a whole bunch of my friends it was eight of us living in this one flat here in Auckland and uh, we were interviewing this uh, chick who came in um, to be a she was a prospective new flatmate of ours and she was telling us about what she does and then she just randomly said oh by the way she worked in HR she was like by the way I got randomly got emailed today by a TV producer saying um, that uh, they're looking for a a guy to be on the Bachelor, you know, fits this profile, and and so then all my flatmates and I we were joking around about it and joking about how they were going to put me forward for it, and um, and then the very next day I got asked to do it by my manager because at the time I was with a like a modelling talent agency, um, or I, I had been like a few years ago, and uh, and I was still on their books, and so they reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested. And uh, for me, just that the coincidence of um, and timing of uh, finding out, you know, it's, um, those ways, it was just I, I thought of it as a bit of a sign. So I, I sort of hummed and hard, and um, had to think quite a lot about it because there are a lot of um, it wasn't just me who'd come across looking like a, a dickhead. Um, <laughs> You know, if if it all backfired, but also I had our business to think about, Clean Paleo. So um, I had to talk about it with my business partners, and um, 
they decided like well, actually I had two business partners at the time one was all for it and the other one was like very anti it saying it was just too risky uh, and but at the end of the day you know it was my decision and I decided that for me um, I wasn't really I, I really wanted to find someone and I was struggling at the time to find anyone I was like on Tinder and stuff like that and it was kind of just not really my thing I'm not really into going out or meeting people in bars and one night stands are not really for me so um, I uh, I decided to yeah give it a go so um, yeah it was a big it was a big jump um, it was definitely out of my comfort zone it was probably the uh, the that first day of filming was the second scariest thing I've ever done um, what was number one Number one was stepping into a boxing ring and fighting Zach Guilford. <laughs> oh, I'd, that I was, think I read about that a while. Yeah, what, happened, what happened there? Well, I won, which was great. Um, that's actually the proudest moment <laughs> I've ever been of myself. That was uh, incredible. I uh, got asked to do Fight for Life, which is a big charity boxing event, and I agreed to it because I... I uh, I've always wanted to box. I've always wanted to learn how to box, and I figured this is a great way to learn, you know. Basically, if I don't w- learn well enough, I'm going to get <laughs> beaten up in the ring publicly. So I agreed to it without knowing who my opponent was, and then they came to me and they said, hey, we want to put you up against Zach Guilford. And at the time, you know, Zach Guilford, he was an all-black, um, and he's also known for being a bit of a scrapper. He's been in some, um, <laughs> some brawls and stuff, so... <laughs> Um, I was really scared. Um, I had some friends saying, like, don't do it. I, I know, Zach, like, you're going to get destroyed. Uh, and then, and so I was actually going to pull out of the fight. Um, but then Monty Beetham, my coach, my trainer, he uh, gave me a call and we had a big chat and he basically convinced me to do it. He said, you know, I think we can do it. Um, you're just going to train me really well. And so, and then I went into training with him and trained for about three and a half, four months. Um, and just learnt the basics really well and had a bit of a game plan and then stepped into the ring, which was just so, so scary. I was completely drained, you know, just when that first bell goes to start the first ring, you just, uh, first round, you're just completely drained from your adrenaline. And, um, but yeah, um, boxed to my... um, to my game plan and used my reach and uh, actually, yeah, convincingly beat him in the end, which was which was great. And I was just so proud of myself. Oh, that's amazing. Ryan's, I, I just reading this uh, book, Willpower Doesn't Work, and a big teaching out of it was um, social accountability. And I found that always worked for me, but especially something like boxing, because the training is really challenging as well. Yeah. Um, oh, what a neat... Yeah, experience. Totally, man. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the training as well. Like mm. it's probably the fittest I've ever been. Um, well, yeah, in a, in a certain type of type of fitness, it's definitely um, up there with the fittest I've ever been. And learning new skills were awesome. Um, but I haven't picked up the gloves since I did that fight. I um, love another I, fighter. I think, yeah, I think I decided that fighting is not for me. Yeah, it was it was a weird experience, sort of just punching someone as hard as you can in the face and just hundreds of I think thousands of people were watching and they were all just like cheering for it and it was just it was a strange experience um, but it's cool and they're cool I mean I quite like having the skills of boxing um, I do feel a little bit more confident just like walking down the street and um, yeah yeah that's neat and, and 
kind of back to the the Bachelor. Like you and Matilda have really become such like a household name, and and but the way you've embraced what you you do, and 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 I hear it so often like, have you seen this video of what you guys have done, or it's just so likable and approachable, and um and and quite authentic as well, which which is probably quite rare, or it feels a little bit more unique on social media but I was in, interested in we're talking about mental health and did the digital detox day recently and and I was talking to Mike King's team and they just said you know kids just don't think other people have highs and lows like he gets them to all stand up and says you know who's feeling good stand up and 80% of them stand up and 20% are sitting down he's like you could be that 20% tomorrow because it changes day to day and you mm. have to recognise you've got to talk to someone and mm. work through it and this is just a temporary thing And but I don't think people comprehend and even if you do know it you don't think about it it's mm. you just you're comparing Dan Sullivan says someone's front stage to your backstage yeah that's a great way to put it and I thought that is it it's you're the best of someone compared to your demons and insecurities mm. and do you have what are the challenges you have like on or off social media do you find Mm. um I've um so with our so yeah just starting at the start I guess like with our with our social media Maddie and I um we started off and we had no idea about social media and um we sort of became household names overnight when The Bachelor aired and uh, at the time social media influencing wasn't really a thing and I had no idea about it um, neither did Maddie and then suddenly people started following us and being really interested in our lives on our social media and and we had to learn pretty quickly that we actually we had to um, we had to actually be careful of um, what we'd what we'd normally post um, because you know you get trolls and people coming after you and you know say say one little thing that you know um, behind closed doors might be kind of funny with friends and then suddenly that's like a racist remark or that's mean to someone or um, something like that so we learned pretty quickly just to be a little bit careful about what we say um, and but at the same time um, it's it's also a trade-off because you don't want to you want to be authentic and you want to just do what do what you normally do and, and so we just try and portray um just give people an insight into our lives and, and what we're really like and not try and be something that we're not. I think that a lot of social media is really fake and a lot of people are trying to be this social media influencer that they see other people doing and they're posting these fake photos of them, you know, um, you know, doing, oh, I don't know, just like in bikinis and like with big breasts. And, um, and I've seen I think a few of those on your account. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I've got implants. The budgie smugglers in there. <laughs> yeah, the budgie smugglers. Well, yeah, and I and I just think that it's um it's not um I don't think it's very healthy for especially young people to be comparing themselves to this sort of fake life, as you said. Like that's the front stage, um, whereas you know it's these people also have backstages which many people don't post. And I mean, I also I don't really post much about my backstage um, because I I also want a bit of privacy and. Um, and also generally I, I don't really feel like if I, when I'm down because I, I do get down every now and then um, I don't really feel like posting um, anything about it uh, but I guess that's just me personally I'm, um, I'm, I'm more motivated to post about things and be funny when I'm in a positive mood um, but 
but definitely like when because I yeah I, I suppose I every now and then I get I get a little bit down not very often I like to think of myself as quite a positive person and I have become more positive through um, thing through uh, meditation and, and practicing breathing and and there's a few other techniques I, I use um, but whenever I do feel down I find that talking to people is just like my number one go-to um, my dad is actually the person that I go to to talk to about things or Matilda and um, that usually just makes such a difference to me is talking to people it's huge yeah but yeah you do have to realize that like everyone is going through something and um, although that you know it looks all flash and all happy and smiles and um, big breasts on on social media it's not um, it's not all like that everyone goes through ups and downs have you got many really close friends as well yeah, I do. That, apparently, that's we've on average. I think we used to have four, you know, really close friends, and I think that's down to one. Really, that doesn't surprise me. Mm. Yeah, um, I definitely think that our like very busy lives and social media and a combination of many different things have probably resulted in that reduction of close friends. Um, we probably socialise less because we do most of our socialising um, on our phones now. Uh, I definitely I know that um, I now have to make more, like from when I used to flat with all of my friends you know in a, in a huge big flat, flat uh, it's so easy to socialise but now I have to make more of an effort and I realise that it is so important to make that effort and it is so important to yeah really making that effort to socialise because that's a hugely important part of our, our health our mental well-being um, and uh what, what I see we're doing the cold water swims as well mm. for the with the Wim Hof and the cold water yeah. as part of that as well. And how have you found that? Yeah, that's been really cool. I've always been a, um, I've always loved going for like cold swims. Just like jumping in, jumping out of cold water has kind of been a thing for me. I don't know why. Um, maybe my body kind of realized that it had some sort of health benefit um, without me really knowing. But, but now I've started to look into it a little bit more and um, I've learned through... Um, yeah, the likes of Wim Hof, who's kind of the trailblazer. He's the leader of this sort of movement um, to do with the benefits of cold water immersion. Um, again, like boosting your immune system, increasing your energy, but also hugely um, positive mental well-being um, aspects to it as well. So um, they use it to. A lot of people have been using it to treat their depression and anxiety. For me, I, uh, if, I, if ever I'm feeling anxious or a bit stressed out with something work-related, generally, I go for a cold swim, or if it's low tide, because Auckland during low tide is shit, I, um, I jump in the shower and have a cold shower, and generally that fixes me, fixes me up. Uh, sometimes I'll combine that with a bit of breathing, a bit of Wim Hof breathing, and um, yeah, I find that it just does wonders for my mental well-being. Um, there's not you can't really think about too much when you're when you're freezing cold, so it sort of clears your mind pretty well. Yeah, and those elemental um, elemental health are doing another Wim Hof course shortly in Auckland, so I'll, I'll put the links in there. Yeah. you can learn the method. And I'm going to get along to that one actually. Oh, oh, I cool. think it's um, oh, I think it's like, yeah, sep- early September. Yeah, the eighth or something. But mm. um, yes, yeah, so that'll be good if you're interested in that the method and and it's something cool about 
doing it as a group too it gets you into it and it then is, you, yeah. you change this mindset around it and, yeah um, I think it's great I mean those those element health guys are, are awesome because they're helping to spread the word and the knowledge of this new form of health which is you know just improving health through breathing and uh, and also this cold water stuff and they're doing it um, they're not trying to make money off it they're not they're just trying to improve people's health and it's not by you know selling medication or, or anything like that it's just through learning new skills that anyone can do anywhere and um, and I love it I think that it, it's something really cool that um, a lot of people could benefit from mm. yeah I think sleep cold water water mm. friends it's all totally free stuff and on the mental health note, is there something you're grateful for today? Do you um, yeah, what am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for, just before I came here, I um, had a sauna actually. <laughs> so, because I was, because I'm, when, I, when I fast, I get a bit cold because you, you've got this thing called the thermic effect of eating, which is when you, your body warms up. Um, naturally, when you when it's digesting food, and and generally, like humans, like we're always in a in a fed state because we're always eating. Um, it's not very often that we're actually hungry, which is you know kind of weird in itself. Um, and so generally, like we're we're quite warm. Um, but when I'm fasting, I get a bit cold because that's not happening to me. So I went to the gym and um, jumped in the sauna, and and when I was sitting there, I was um, I put on a a um, meditation a guided meditation uh, while I was in there as well and um, and just throughout that meditation I was just so I was just so grateful for the warmth of that sauna um, so yeah that's that's my big grateful moment today nice and um, we are talking before about how we're both kind of quick start or love getting things off the ground and you've got a few companies you do so many projects and mm. companies and products and uh, but is there a particular superpower or unique ability you think you're world class at or or that you just naturally you were kind of born with um I think I was naturally born with the ability to uh to see things and understand things from other people's perspectives um uh, actually, I don't think I was born with it. I think I learned that from my parents. Um, they're both great in that respect, and I've, I think, kind of tried to build on that as well um, and grow personally just from um, realising uh, that, like, yeah, and kind of, yeah, you know, trying to put myself in other people's shoes, but also just not judging anyone for anything that they're doing differently. I, I used to... I used to judge people. I used to be a little bit judgmental. And um, it's not to, yeah, you kind of take a look at yourself and think about the way that you, the way that you think about other people. And I mean, I think, you know, most people are quite judgmental of others. And, um, and I think that we don't need to be at all. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if that really answered the question, but it was a good ramble. No, I think that's one of the greatest skills there is is em- empathy and on this longevity documentary they talk about childhood trauma a lot and I know okay. it's a growing there's a guy Gable Marte who specialises in it in a holotropic breathing similar to Wim Hof another guy who does a lot of childhood trauma but there's things passed on from holocaust survivors down three and four generations 
in terms of stress responses and um, and 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 even issues during birth and in the womb of stress of the mother and people are being born scared of life almost or scared of the world and and the research behind it is just fascinating that so many things we probably think he's just a mean person or they've just done a horrible act and it's mm. been widened so you're saying it's more nature than nurture some of that stuff well it, it it's so complicated that it, it's hard to um, there's underlying issues driving behaviour and mm. we're just not aware of a lot of them and a lot of them have formed before we had a conscious mind so we're mm. Dave Asprey talks about how he had an umbilical cord wrapped around his neck when he was um, born and he was kind of suffocating as, as he was born and he had this feeling he was going to die and that kind of wired into him. Wow. And and I was talking to my girlfriend about it the other night how her, she had a family member who was quite abusive and it had been passed up from his dad and, and at more of a conscious level but just how it how if you don't stop it you'll pass on to the next generation mm. and 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 Gabor Mate specialised in it because he was a holocaust survivor and his mum had to give him up while the Germans were around and so he was handed off to another person for like a month Wow! and so he lost his mother and that he had struggled his whole life with different things and it was because and he, then he found out that was what it was from and I, and I think wow. geez how many things that not just like someone's had a bad day or eating the wrong food or you know how many things are just subconscious wiring at a kind of DNA energetic level wow. um, that's a deep dive uh, that's a deep dive yeah. but it, it, it's a it's a, a fascinating one I think it explains a lot of things that maybe we don't that surface level stuff just doesn't solve yeah and then um, if you knew, you'd kind of it would kind of explain some underlying things that perhaps you had been thinking about about your own personalities and mm. yeah very interesting stuff I guess that's what a lot of meditation and stuff can bring up as well is mm. um, awareness of those underlying triggers and thoughts and sensations but uh, on the on your kind of the opposite of your superpowers anything you just know you're not good at and you try and steer away from um, yeah I'm not good at uh, I'm not very good at anything to do with the financial side of business so um, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think I'm very good at business in general. Um, I'm, I'm just like an ideas guy who uh, I, I like getting things off the ground and I like um, uh, I like uh, doing things with, with meaning and, and solving problems and and that sort of stuff. But then I kind of dro drop the ball. I lose interest once things are up and running and... Um, I'm just more motivated to start fresh new things and things that excite me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was just telling Art before. There's a test called the um, Colby Colby test, and it identifies when you're working at your best. And you, you sound like the same as me and Dan Sullivan and quite a few people on, that are entrepreneurs. You're really high and quick start getting something going, and to realise follow throughs not our strength and I, I think this just isn't taught at schools that you have to try and work on your weakness and be someone you're not mm. and that's someone else's strength some people just love details and ensuring something happens totally and they got no idea where the ideas come from um, 
That's exactly and so it's right. Great, you've got obviously business partners and people to support that. Yeah, I'm all about side. surrounding myself. Like my kind of business mentality is that um, I might as well spend my time doing the things that I'm great at or that that only I can do, and then surround myself with people that are smarter than me in other fields. And um, yeah, seems to seems to work well. And uh, you've just released some like amazing low sugar kind of bliss balls because yeah I'm just big into the low like no sugar products and um, I know it's such a tough one to make but that's something you've done with clean paleo yeah yeah and I'm, I can't wait to try one yeah but it, <laughs> I should have brought some actually I might have some in the car is there um, have you got anything else you're really excited about like say in the next three years if you look back at the you know three years time look back mm. and thought wow that was just amazing um I just achieved everything I thought of. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I, I think that um, I'm going to be really, uh, all go, you know, all going to plan. I'm going to be really pl- pleased with the the kids that I've made. <laughs> I'd like to pump out, well, I wouldn't be pumping them out, but Maddie would be pumping out some kids, you know, maybe starting next year. Um, and, yeah, that's, you know, that's, what I've, I've always kind of been looking forward to for a long time is having a family and um, and also the more I'm learning and, and reading about um, just healthy practices to do with nutrition and um, and so by, you know, in three years' time I'd like to have worked out a sort of great network of... Um, like produce producers and, and stuff like that that's all organic so I'd, I'd quite like to be eating completely organic um, quite easily and um, whether that's growing my, all of my own food um, I don't know but um, yeah those are some things that I'd be pretty stoked to have achieved in three years cool and if you walked outside orphans today and just picked up a 10 million dollar lotto ticket and Kind of had no financial worries or anything like that. Is there anything you'd change? Is there anything you'd you'd, you'd do or? Um, I would. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't do too many things differently. I'd I'd probably employ some people to, to do my job. <laughs> some of, some of the stuff that I do um, with with plate up and. Uh, Apart from that, I think, yeah, I, I'd, uh, well, you know, with $10 million, I'd quite like to focus on a new, on a new um, venture and something that I've been kind of, I have also wanted to do for a while is to set up a, a health retreat that's multifaceted and um, somewhere in New Zealand that um, we can, the place would be sustainable, completely sustainable off the grid, producing organic produce both meat and vegetables and fruit and um, it would be a place where people can come and learn a lot about nutrition and and movement and mental well-being and it can be a place where people with chronic illness can come and get well and yeah that's I'd quite like to do that there's so many people I talk to with that vision I think it's, it's one of mine as well mm. um yeah, that'd be fantastic. The 
Is there a, a personal role model that, or someone you really admire, that, like we've missed mentors and coaches. Do you even mm. have coaches in your, in your life? Um, I don't have any set, set ones in my life. Um, I think I take a little, I take bits and pieces from everyone around me. Um, I, I absorb, yeah, I absorb a lot of, a lot of stuff from people around me. Um, I guess my main mentor would be my dad. Um, he's been, he's probably the person that made me want to be physically, physically fit. He's always been um, into keeping fit, and you know, when I was like tiny back when I was like four and five I'd go and like watch my dad doing weights in his like farm gym which he'd made out of beer crates and like a tractor axle as the the bench oh, and wow. is um is great in fact he's still got that set up <laughs> still got that set up today in his garage so um you know he, he's been my um I guess my health um mentors you know I've always kind of looked up to him with that sort of thing mm. and yeah, that's great. Like, kind of on that father figure, have you got a, any principles for life that he's kind of instilled into you or that you've just picked up along the way? You talked about the discomfort of the bachelor and those mm. and the boxing, and that's how yeah, one, been amazing times for one, you. But. I guess one sort of um, ethos, one, it's like, like it's, it was a quote of his one day that I, it just stuck with me, and I use it um, for myself and heaps of different things, and... You know, one day he said the hardest part about going for a run is putting on your shoes. And for me, that just made so much sense because so many times, I mean, you can you can look at it that way and it's like um, actually physically going for a run, the hardest part about doing it is like turning your head around and like getting out of bed and like getting to the point where your shoes are on. And once, you, once you've convinced yourself to get your shoes on and get completely ready for your run, you're already, you're halfway there, you know? Like now you've just got to go for the run, which is which is fine and you're never going to regret going for that run um, but also like just in anything I do like the hardest part is convincing yourself to start so um, so for me like that's yeah that, that advice that little saying has been um, has been huge for me and it just makes me um, instead of instead of lying around or sitting around and doubting and thinking about all the negative things that can happen you just got to start and just um, and yeah Begin by begin by by doing, and then it just kind of goes from there. Oh, fantastic! The geez, I think if everyone did more, that was my tagline for the podcast: was think less, do more. Because I feel like when you get stuck in your head, nothing, mm. nothing happens. It's totally. Um, you just your your um your mind can be your worst enemy, your biggest blocker, the thing mm. that just stop, prevents you from taking that first step forward. And. There's a there's a seven whys exercise I've done recently with a few people enough to get to the heart of why we actually do what we do and it kind of really digs digs down to um kind of our childhood or what's deeply emotional for us and I'll be interested to see what comes up for you if you don't mind me asking but um it just starts with why do you do what you're currently doing so you you're an entrepreneur in social media kind of influencer and so why do you pursue that at the moment the social media side of things um it's I like do. It, can be quite sim- it can be quite just like um one sentence too um to make money cool uh yeah 
And and what does money give you? Freedom to do the things that I like. And why would you like freedom to do the things you like? <laughs> so that I can enjoy more of my so I can spend more of my time doing the things that I like wait what was the what was my other one so it was so I, I kind of want it to be like so so more of my time can be spent doing the things that I enjoy and why do you want to do the things you enjoy so it makes me feel good and why do you want to feel good because I think feeling good and enjoying yourself is the key to life along with having that positive impact on others and why do you want to have a positive impact on others because that makes me feel good and it makes them feel good I should have been counting I think there might be one more Uh, so I think the last one is why do you want uh, yourself and others to feel good guess I mean I don't know that's just for me that's just what it comes down to is um, yeah that's that's what I think the meaning of life is all about for me anyway is is having as much fun as I can and trying to make the people around me have as much fun as they can Mm. for me I think that's that's what life comes down to it's interesting I think I've got to probably refine it, but the, uh, there was a guy, Dean Graziosi, and he, used to, uh, he got asked that. Mm. And it came down to something quite interesting with his childhood. And I asked it to my mum, and she grew up in a really kind of not nice environment. And mm. she, her thing was like just to create beautiful spaces. And it came down to growing up in a non nice environment. Mm. And I didn't mind. And it was this, it's really similar to yours. It was, you know, money for freedom, for happiness, so I can give back. Mm. Um, because I don't want people to suffer and what I want people to suffer and it, and it came all the way back to like wanting to make my parents proud because they had given me so much mm. but it really felt really emotional I was like wow that's kind of I got all this emotion behind um, yeah. what I do but I think you're doing a great great job of that and I know it's half, just coming to half past and we've got to let you go um, <laughs> gotta go run yeah, to November Run Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so maybe one last message to to finish, and I'll get this on on the video to to post up. But is there is there one thing? I guess we're talking about action. Is there one thing? that you'd love people just to take action on in their life? I would love people to to take action, um, to really um, value their health and prioritise their health and know that your own personal health should be your most important thing to you um, in all of its um, facets. So your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, uh, like your nutrition um, I think that everyone should get it into their head that you know really prioritizing your health should be your most important thing to you because if you can't look after yourself you can't look after others and 
Um, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Mark. You're giving back so much to the world and being the change. And um, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure to chat to you and get to know you a bit more as well. And um, yeah, can't wait to taste your balls and. <laughs> Great and balls, I'll see, yeah, see what else you, you guys are coming up with and, um, and support any of your projects. And I think, yeah, you're such a great mentor for people, particularly in that social space as well. So, yeah, thank you for the work and everything you're doing and oh, much man. love to you and Matilda. Thank you. It was great chatting and with and you. And the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cats totally running, Christine. No, absolute pleasure, man. Oh, Thanks for having me. I oh, appreciate it, brother. Wow, what a great podcast that was with... Art Green, hope you dug it. He's such a legend. I got so much out of that, um, particularly around just just getting started, getting started, taking action, putting the shoes on. And um, I think that book, Ben Hardy's book again on willpower, how it doesn't work, how we have these great intentions to do so many wonderful things, but our environment gets in the way and our willpower just diminishes and we never really get started. So. I recommend reading that book and and setting your environment up to achieve your goals and dreams. So you're going to have to identify those and then identify what environments, what people, what public commitments, what strategies you need to put in place to ensure you succeed. So, I mean, I've had um, some great success with my new morning routine, committing with my girlfriend, setting an alarm. But I've noticed when that's fallen apart and it's been when there's been a change in environment my motivations or my goals have become unclear. So yeah, really create some self-awareness there, take action, commit to something today, even just do a public post or share with a friend, create some accountability there, or even identify an environment you need to change, someone you need to get out of your life, someone you need to bring in. Um, you gotta fill your own cup up so you can share and be more for others. And on that point, if you love the podcast, would love to hear your reviews, your insights, your recommendations, even any feedback, constructive feedback would be much appreciated. Would love to hear who you want to hear from, what you'd like to see changed in the podcast, or what you enjoy. And and if you got something from it and you think someone else to, could too, share it. And the reason I say that is not just for my own <laughs> for my for my own self-interest, but for your own, because I've noticed when you hoard information when you just keep things to yourself it creates just such a big block in all areas of your life if you listen to elon musk if you listen to all these great thinkers about an abundant mindset when you create something new you want to share it with the world not just to benefit others but to benefit yourself because it sends a signal out that you're going to create and receive and get better and do even more that you'll 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 find even greater things to share Whereas it's almost like you're sending out to the to the universe that you're dying, that you're hoarding, that you're, that winter's coming. You want to try and flip that mindset, and sharing is just a great way to do that. Another way is ten cards a day, or sending a few thank you cards every day just to people. I've done that one lately, man. That is a game changer. So, on that note, thank you. Here is Arthur Arbez playing us out with his wonderful music. Get his album, check him out. And uh, all the links in the show notes and see if you can get along for a run club with Art 2 on the Wednesday nights. So, yes, hope you dug it. Think less, experience more, put your shoes on and get out there.